0: It's Bowie versus Dillion. Is this you when I'm glowy? Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy or a villain well, It's, it's time, time for Bowie, Bowie. Hello podcast audience, welcome to another edition of Bowie vs. Dylan. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And we both love the year 2006. Why do you love the year 2006, Chaz, just off the top of your head? Um, Well, I graduated from college in 2006. Oh, congratulations! Pretty pretty cool, pretty (laughs) Pretty cool year. He even had a degree for that, that was good. And then went straight into that wonderful land of unemployment. Oh yeah. And underemployment. It was more underemployment. Yeah, underemployment. It was good times. And by good times, <laughs> I mean not very good times. <laughs> not good times whatsoever. No. No. It's kind of a rough year. But, you know, uh, second yeah. half. But anyway. Hey, but that was, you know, that was 14 years ago. So it's, yeah, it's well, in the rear view. Then. Yeah. Got no- Definitely. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I was living hey. in Portland, and I think, yeah, I was still going to school uh, for music therapy. And I was just, like, working all weekend at a group home for developmentally disabled people. And we didn't yet have a kid. And so we were really having a lot but of fun. We got, had so much fun. You got, you got fun. pregnant in 2006. We did. Uh, Not on purpose. That's just a sneak peek into our. <laughs> <laughs> James, stop listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, James. You know what James knows? I accuse him of it all the time. I'm like you are my mistake. <laughs> just kidding. I uh, don't do that. Turned into that Cheryl Crow song about being my favorite mistake or whatever. Not the song. Uh, yeah, is my the song? favorite. Yeah. my favorite loser boyfriend. I think is what it's called. No. Uh, no. I think that's what it was. Ah. Uh, uh I, whatever hey okay. all right let's talk about what david bowie thought about 2006 he did not yeah. graduate from college in 2006 in fact he never graduated from college at all oh no. well and, st- and no. yes no. and yet no. still a success somehow and yet still a success so just keep that in mind kids so stay what? in school unless you are <laughs> unless a you're really david, talented potential rock star unless and you're don't. david bowie well bob Isn't dylan famously didn't even come close to graduating college so good. they're both successful i guess so, Good. lesson as always. Never started, both never even started college. Okay. Know, so. Yeah. So, don't hey. go to college, guys. So, 2006 is during that part of that wonderful time that I gave the annoying name of the Davecation to. And I am really excited to talk about this, Jake, because it's the last year we oh. have vacation. Yes. Davecation is a, is a thorn in my side. and has been <laughs> for... Since whatever the first year of this we did was a long time, nineties, nineties, two thousand five. Within the first ten episodes, we started this this train, Oof. and now we're finally, I'm finally getting off the train. That finally goes... reached my destination. Here it is, two thousand six. <laughs> wow, well, congratulations, Charlie. Ironically, we started in two thousand five. We're finishing in two thousand six. So yeah. how do we yeah. think? No, I think we started in two thousand four. Whatever, it doesn't matter, Jake. It shut does. up. <laughs> it matters so, big time to me. <laughs> Uh, so this is the Daveycation. For those of you listeners who don't didn't listen to the other eight mm. episodes about it, mm. <laughs> uh, the Daveycation was a period from the early to mid two thousands to the early. It's about two thousand three to to twenty thirteen. Um, when Bowie did Next to Nothing, he released a Reality as an album in two thousand three. Toured into two thousand four. Had a heart attack on stage. Uh, did a couple more shows, get really sick, and then never toured again. Wow! And did not really do anything really big or substantial until 2013, when he released the next day. The next day. The next day. Great. Uh, yes. But this is still early in the Dave vacation when no one knew yet that it was a Dave vacation. Ah! I didn't think it was a thing yet. He was still kind of bopping around doing little things. He just, you know, it wasn't like. 2011 and 2012 when he did nothing when I when we didn't invent a game to fill the time because he did so Oh, well so the... he was doing something he just he was still doing some stuff let's yeah, talk okay. about those things that he was doing Jake alright how about that hey but before we talk about those things that he's doing let's talk about something he didn't do and that was cover himself in Portuguese <laughs> what what <laughs> <laughs> didn't do that because somebody else did. Oh, okay. This was, we talked about this recently on yeah. one 10 episodes, but uh, the Life Aquatic sessions oh, came Oh, that out was in from that one. And it's okay. just such a notable, usually I don't care about cover albums. <laughs> Why would I? I don't know. Because David Bowie is not involved in those covers, no. except for having written the songs. Uh, but uh, Sue Jorge... Who was in the movie Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou? Steve Zissou. Zissou, Zissou, I know it's, it's just not sounding right, and I'm saying it right now. The West End joint. He's in the movie. He's that guy. If you seen that movie? It's a great movie. You it is a great movie. Yeah, Murray. Pause the really podcast. Good. Go watch it right now. Hey, then watch Inside Lou Davis right after that. <laughs> we'll wait. Or Back to the Future. Back to the Future. For some reason, sure. That's right. Uh, so Su Jorge, a good movie. You enjoyed it, right? Yeah, I liked it. Really funny. Really, you know, idiosyncratic Wes Anderson style. The very Wes. Very. uh Sue Jorge was that guy. I forget what his character's name is, but he's constantly strumming an acoustic guitar and singing David Bowie songs in Portuguese. Yeah, that was the one. Very nice. About that. Yeah. Although uh, uh, my, my favorite musical drop in that is that uh, Sigur Rose song when they finally see the big, um, the big whale or whatever. Uh, yes, yeah. that's, set, that's nice. Good pretty good job. is that in there? yeah it's not it's on not the soundtrack well you should watch the movie maybe. I have said, I have watched the movie but well it's kind of the big emotional payoff of the entire thing I mean that I, I remember that uh, you know I also remember um, Sue Sue Jorge yeah, being yeah. delightful in it as well but you yeah. should go go, go go catch a YouTube clip maybe of that well maybe well, I just you know I'm only, I, I haven't seen it in a couple years yeah, but yeah. Uh, my wife bought me the soundtrack Mm. Along with the uh, the second soundtrack, which is what we're about to actually talking about, for Christmas this last year. Oh, it's uh, not on there. Ever? Recently, I don't remember. It was the Maybe year. I'm misremembering it. But it's not on the soundtrack any rate. They could still be in the movie, but it's not on the soundtrack, which would be interesting. It's not illegal. That sounds kind that of right to me. But I don't know what song would be there anyway. Whatever. <laughs> hey, uh, they released a second soundtrack. The first soundtrack has multiple songs by Sue Jorge, okay. singing acoustic. Covers the David Bowie Sons in Portuguese. But nice. then they released the full Life Aquatic Sessions mm-hmm. with uh, Suhori, And he... It's just him. Just doing that. Just, just doing it. And knocking it out of the, the Movie, And they're great. And Bowie himself uh, has some quote that I did not bring back for this, which we just used in the 50th episode, about how great they are. So there we go. Yeah, he said it was like... Put, in, put the songs in new context or they're yeah. so beautiful yeah. or something like they're that. Great. They're great. Words. He said words hey. about it. Next up. <laughs> Next up. Next up, Bowie did something. Yeah? Uh, this would be his only studio work for the year. Mm. Uh, Is he did some guest vocals on... And a little album by the name of Return to Cookie Mountain. Oh, which, yes, of course. It's still is still a terrible name for an Absolutely. album. Absolutely. For it such a weird. good album, too. Such but a good it's album. it's a really great album yeah. by a really cool band called TV on the Radio. They were still around, but not super relevant anymore. Yeah, I don't know what happened to them. Which is too bad. Well, what was their... They put out, like, a really good R&B album. Like, that was their... But that was, like... 10 years Dear ago. Science was great Dear Science is incredible that's, that's their best, best album to me and that was the one after Return to Cookie Mountain yes. and then they released I don't know Seven Types of Light or something yeah like that. that's I the I was thinking of it was really bland it's just yeah. so bland yeah like it looked bad it was tasteful and nice but it just like nothing stuck you know you just did you listen to it and you just like couldn't have told slipped away picked out yeah You just it, yeah whatever uh, and I kind of dropped off with them after that but they made some really good albums uh, and Bowie is on this one. He sings backing vocals on the song, Province. Mm-hmm. He is not very noticeable and pretty deep in the mix. And I read listened to it, and really you can barely tell that he's there. It could just be anybody. But, hey. But it's him. <laughs> it's him. It it's him. It's David Bowie, yay! He was, uh, he was super into really cool bands at the time, like, and really cutting-edge bands, like TV on the radio, and Arcade Fire, very notably. Deerhoof was another one he was really into. Yeah. And good at that time period, these were really, like, yeah, super happening. It was mass. like the Indies the, the indie blog, you know, revolution was on the yeah. was on the rise. It was happening. And his name was David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie invented the internet and invented blogs. Yep, little fun facts. Fun <laughs> facts. Little That's little on, on Wikipedia, that. so it must be yeah, true. So it must be true. Uh Bowie was in two movies and a TV show. Hmm. Um, in this year, though, and that's where the fun really gets in here, Jake. Ooh, I'm Let's start. I'm his ready to first movie that he was in was Earther and the Invisibles, which, ironically, I don't remember I that are down in the basement watching right now. What? Well, we mentioned this and talked about. I watched it a couple years ago, and it's not very good. Is it an animated? Uh, it's an animated. It's, animated, movie? it's okay. animated. It's animated. It's animated movie about a boy who shrinks down and hangs out with tiny creatures living in his backyard. Well, that sounds that sounds incredible. Boy plays. Oh, it does sound incredible, but. <laughs> But it's not. <laughs> Bowie plays the main antagonist, Emperor Malthazar. Okay, that's terrible. Don't like it anymore. It is terrible. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> also, it sounds like an inappropriate uh, like insult. So, well, like, no. my Ma- Malthazar. Oh, Ooh, Oh, what's the matter with you, Malthazar? <laughs> I, well, I wouldn't have thought of it no. like that, but now I will. <laughs> it sounds like you're saying something you should be saying, but... Really, you're just saying Malthazar. You're just saying are, a nonsensical children's movie name. Go for it. So Bowie is like this big kind of like poking insect man thing. Mm-hmm. Just hard like, in, just what, like in real life. in to say what all these little <laughs> creatures actually are. I don't know. Uh, we watched it a couple years ago. I don't remember it very well except that it wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. So we had talked about watching it last night. Because um, actually this is this is, this is is worth uh, worth derailing the podcast. For just a Is it? No, I don't think so. It, no, it is. It is for hard all the pass. Bowie fans at least. My five-year-old uh, is in one of those phases where he just kind of likes whatever I like. But he also is really into me. He's honestly into music, like he's getting into music, much more so than my older son. Um, and he, uh, he, so he likes David Bowie a lot, naturally, because he knows that I do. And he's just learning to appreciate it. So he decided that yesterday was Bowie Day. It was David Bowie Day. I thought this for a week. Well, well. Uh, the kind context is that we had two birthdays in the last two weeks and Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. So I think he just felt like we, he needed to make up his own holiday. More parties. Things like they just happening left and right. Party on! So yesterday was David Bowie Day. We uh, had a list of like 10 different re- David Bowie-related things we needed to do. Wow. We managed all of them except for watching a David Bowie movie. And uh, he's only been like got like two or three children's movies, and Labyrinth is too scary for a five year old. At least sure. my five year old. So we we're going to watch this, and now he still really wanted to this afternoon. So I think the kids are watching it right now. Wow, that's it's all happening. David Bowie Day was a it was a good day. Smash! It good day. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, so? it? I'm sure you thought so. I'm sure you thought so. Well, a really rare live album was just released on streaming yesterday. Oh wow! Oh. My five year old owns a David Bowie shirt, he had to wear that. Oh it was great. It was great. We did David Bowie drugs. It was all over the place. It It sounds like happy wild days. Sounds like (laughs) Happy Charlie day is what it sounds like. (laughs) Oh, it was a good day for me too. I think it was a a holiday for the two of us without realizing it. So that's Arthur and the Invisibles okay uh next up is a really awesome movie called the prestige oh love that movie by the way that's a good movie it's intense great, like, it's, movie. A, great movie. it's a wild uh you know oh yeah still not, not sure what classical ha- thriller type still not sure what happens at the end but i think there's a thousand of him i or am and it terrifies me James. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> if any of it was real at all i've seen the heart of darkness and it destroyed me yeah that's a great movie Great movie. I know I didn't I was I was hoping to watch it again before this episode, but it, I haven't seen it in years. But I'm gonna watch it right I, now. You, you keep I talking, and I'm gonna two go. Two or watch three it. times. It was great. Yeah, me too. Uh so if you haven't seen it, it's a film about two competing magicians played by uh, I didn't write this down. Christian Bale. Edward Norton not Christian Bale. Edward Norton and uh Wolverine. What's the guy's name? Blaze Wolverine. It's not it's not Edward Norton, that's the other magic movie. Edward Norton. Of. No, er- oh you're thinking No. Of, yes you are. I'm looking Sorry, up. Sorry, it's Christian Susan. Bale and it's Hugh Jackman. It's not Christian Bale. Yes, it is. It is not. Hold on here. Who is in it? I, you owe me Hugh f- Jackman. Hugh Jackman is the one. Who's you owe me. Christian you owe me fifty thousand dollars. Sorry. There all right. was another. That was one of those weird another, things. Yeah, it was. There was weird, another, like, another one that was also really good about competing the yes. Victorian magicians. That somehow came out like within right. a month. And that was Edward Norton and Paul Giamatti. And that one. Yeah, was, you're right. Okay, uh, you're right. Take it back, Jake. Take it back. All right. That's the first time you've ever admitted you were wrong. Mm -hmm. You've heard it here first, folks. Right here, folks. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. All right. Go on. Anyway, Bowie's also in this movie in a small role, a small but pivotal role, as the real life person, Nikola Tesla. Yeah. He plays a fictionalized version of the real life inventor and all around eccentric genius, Nikola Tesla, who uh, invented alternating current, amongst other things, Mm. and um, died penniless and alone. Uh, Sad story. This episode is dedicated to Nikola Tesla. Oh, wow. Here's to you, Tesla. (laughs) Everybody take a drink. Everybody take a drink. And maybe most notably, I don't know, his last appearance in a, you know, filmed media, not a movie, but an episode of a TV show called Extras. Um, so Extras was a British series. It's Ricky Gervais' next series after The Office. Oh yeah, that's right. Like, of course, he you know, originally The Office was really a British show before it became an American show. What? Directed by Ricky Gervais. No. And his next series after this was called Extras, and it's about him and this lady whose name I don't know. Anyway, it's Christian Bale. They're uh, they're extras. Like this is what they do for a living. Is they're like the, the people in the background of movies and TV shows and stuff. And of course, they're both trying to break it. You know, break break out and become actual actors and everything. And uh, each episode has a an appearance by a real life celebrity playing themselves, but in a comedic fictionalized version. Okay. So uh, this is in the second season. In the second season, Ricky Gervais' character has actually uh, made it as a like he's actually got he's sold his pilot and everything, and he's starring in this show. But uh, it's it's become really awful. Like it it sold out immediately. And it's got all these like terrible catchphrases and wigs and stupid jokes and appealing to the lowest common denominator but you know like he's a nobody he was trying to you know make something good and they just completely change it and he doesn't you know like he had to quit the show because he has no career otherwise and so uh he goes into this like exclusive part of this bar you know he's like in the, the vip section and uh bowie's in there playing piano yeah or booking out actually i think he's talking up a young lady if i recall and uh, and so Ricky Gervais' character is trying to get some sympathy from David Bowie about you know trying to keep artistic. but you know, and Bowie just completely makes fun of him the entire time. Yeah, and results yeah. in him singing this song about how horrible he is, like the other person. Yeah, now and getting and getting everyone in the club to uh, sing along with him. It's great. Can I just uh, I will remind everyone that you've told this exact story before on a podcast. What do you, yes? what what was what, yeah, what what, what I was don't that know. podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I yeah. Know. It must have it been again. top ten. Don't listen to it. this back-to-back with whatever episode that was. <laughs> I think it was 2000, probably 2007 for reasons that will come apparent very shortly. Oh, wow. The mystery no. will be revealed. Waggling my eyebrows right now. <laughs> Whoa, a waggle. <laughs> okay, so we're almost done with Bowie already because he didn't do very much. Hey. Uh, he had two live appearances in 2006. First, he appeared on stage with David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. Yes. Reminding everyone that Pink Floyd is the craziest band because they somehow like went through three main principal songwriters and singers. Yeah, and they did remained a band. I can't think of any other band that like that went through three. three, Yeah, like three three, vision, three like main visionary people. Right, and they completely changed. I guess they David the David Gilmore is kind of an extension of the. uh, Yeah, because they still play all the old songs, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But Roger. we got Sid Barrett to start things off. It didn't last three long before he was literally locked up in illusion. He's a crazy person. He's a, he was a crazy person. Yep. Yep. To put it like um, that. And then they had kind of like a couple of wilderness years where everyone was trying to like work them together and everything. And then Roger Waters took over for the most celebrated era. Right? Of course. Jackson, the moon. And yeah. wish you were here And the wall. And then he left. And then uh, David Gilmore took over. Yeah. And now. The flat momentary lapse of reason. and. Roger, Roger Waters and David Gilmore just, like, I think all they do is stand on a, a two sides of a fence and just shake their fist at each other. I think that's <laughs> what they do. It sounds great, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, I'm Pink Floyd. No, I'm Pink Floyd. I don't think Roger Waters wants to be Pink Floyd anymore. Well, Roger- he, he wants to play the music that he wrote for Pink Floyd, and he doesn't want, well, he doesn't want Pink Floyd to play The Wall, for instance. Well, Anyway, <laughs> this is, you know, this is uncomfortably, uncomfortable because we're about to talk about the song Comfortably Numb. Ah. Uh, Whoa. So Bowie appeared. David Gilmour, it, it was a solo show. It was not a Pink Floyd show. And uh, Bowie appeared for a surprise a surprise appearance in the encore to the show and sang lead vocals on the Pink Floyd song, Arnold Lane, which was their very first single ever. Oh, And so from the Sid Barrett era. And he also sang like... He sang the verses for Comfortably Numb with uh, David Gilmour taking over for the choruses. And uh, then they just play a wailing guitar solo for like nine minutes after that. <laughs> yeah. It was, pretty, oh, it was pretty incredible, Jake. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> but we just kind of like, he honestly just slips off stage at some point in there. You don't really notice when he goes. But He's like, I'm going to take a nap. I'm back. It was it was, it was was something. It was yeah, the final finale of like... <laughs> There's all these middle-aged people clapping their hands above their heads. Yeah, it probably getting excited about it. Yeah, getting so good for them, good for their, them, their, their muscles, us, good for everyone. <laughs> it was it was worth listening to. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't mind telling you, Jake. I'll, I'll listen to Gilmore play a guitar solo. Yeah, can right oh, i do it now. Woo, tasty. And <laughs> <laughs> take a shower after that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> finally. November ninth, the number ninth, not 6th. November ninth, two thousand six. Jake, get it right. Get it right. That will live in. I don't know. Remembrance of this podcast. Okay. The Black Ball benefit concert. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What it was benefiting, I don't remember. I it believe was, it was something. In it was benefiting Black Balls. <laughs> 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 Jake, Jake, come on, come on. <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, it's right there in the Blake- name. Comes on stage, is introduced by none other than Alicia Keys. Oh, no way. Did you say Alicia Keys? <laughs> then, yeah. boy, do I have something for you later. Do you? I do. <laughs> I haven't mentioned it This yet. is incredible. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, so Bowie plays Wild as the Wind. He's got Mike Gerson, who we've given the honorary nickname of Mick Gerson. Well, so awesome. clearly. His name's not even uh, Mike anymore. There's and now. then Alicia Keys comes back out, and she duets with Bowie mm-hmm. on Fantastic <laughs> Voyage. And then... What? Changes, and Jake. Yeah, that's the last true life. Oh no, we ever did. Oh, right there, bummer. Right man. there, except for the oh. changes. Which, if he had an anthem, it would be that. You know, except for all the like harp playing he's doing in heaven right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> I gotta say, I, he's probably doing some tasty licks on that harp. You Absolutely, know? You gotta, you gotta assume. <laughs> He's like, my latest character is Angelic Heart Player. <laughs> Check me out. And everyone's like, well, we're all one of those, but that's okay, Bowie. It's cool. Uh, yeah, so he did one other, there's, it's, it's slightly debatable what his official last performance was, because in 2007, he uh, introduced Ricky Gervais and led an impromptu sing-along to the song that he sings. In oh, the right. Right, right, right. But it's not like you know. It was yeah. just a nothing like throw it. This This was not actually, like a performance. Uh, instrument bad. He's on stage sure. performing a song with Alicia Keys. Yeah, and I like that better than the Ricky Your face ending. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> let's go with you know, the lead. It's just a little. It's a little asterisk. After yeah. I sure. I mean, it happened. Line. It happened. Last, last live. It did. It did. It happened. He was on stage. He was singing a song. I don't know. Um, unfortunately only bootleg videos exist of this and they're horrible quality but because i care this much about this podcast yeah. inevitably i mm-hmm. watched the wow terrible mm-hmm. quality of somebody like in the back row Swing their phone all over the place <laughs> as they tried to focus while clapping and screaming about David Bowie. Early, sick. early oh, iPhone action. <laughs> no, 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 I think iPhones were until 2008. This is like a flip phone, probably, probably. Pretty oh pretty no, you're sweet. right. You're right. That's pretty right. sweet flip. Yeah, phone. Yeah. Right no iPhone. Here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Good point. <sighs> all right. Are you okay? You're in here, Jake. You're Are you okay? Here. I will be okay. I'll get through this. <laughs> okay. We all will. Uh, my wife just took a CPR course today, and she came back, and now we're all just saying, are you choking to each other <laughs> over and over and over again? Oh, my are gosh. you choking? First date is woefully out of date right now. Oh, yeah. First date's You don't need it because you're not around anyone. doesn't matter. Well, no, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so I, his hair was jig. I would describe it as longish and jaunty. Ooh, jaunty. jaunty. It was Jaunty, his jaunty haircut. Yeah, okay. It was still his pre-standard, you know, parted, kind of back, but a little bit shaggy, a little bit longer. Gives him kind of a youthful jaunty look. Nice. Uh, he was wearing suits pretty much all the time at this point. Every day. And like, let me tell you, he was looking real good at that David Gilmarshall. show. Yeah? Like in particular, he's got this charcoal suit and Ooh. kind of like a burgundy sweater thing underneath. Okay, okay, all right. Turtleneck a scarf. Turtleneck. And it was he was rocketed, he looked good. Yeah. Well, enjoy. he wouldn't need a turtleneck. He had the scarf, so that's fine. Yeah. No scarf instead of turtleneck. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Way to good go. Good. So I'm gonna give the whole the whole. I mean, especially that suit at the uh, the uh, uh what was I just saying David Gilmore which I did find professional videos of that by the way. Great. Uh, I'm gonna give him a four. Let's go for it. Let's just go. This. Yeah. It sounds like he was looking real nice. Pretty much all the time. Well. And for that. We can to 4. Okay. Hey, Jake. Jake let's. Uh, yeah. So it's over to you. All right. Well, I'm just going to start with the year and fro. We're just going to do like a back-to-back Ooh, back like to back kind of like year and hair. Yeah. Black one backslash. Like, one of those. Do we have like dessert first? You know. Kind yeah. Of. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I'm doing this because I just. I just want you to picture what Bob Dylan was looking like in the year before. That's good so have like a clear vision of him. Yeah, like you can now imagine yeah, like him yeah. making his way yeah. through the world. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so his fro was, you know, out there. Definitely like a big mm-hmm. old fro. Wiry, gray fro. Uh, mm-hmm. It was under a black Stetson, like it usually was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think what differentiates this one from other ones is that he had kind of like uh, like a leather strap around the crown of the hat, you know, just above Ooh. the brim. Yeah, there's, her, yeah, 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 with some kind of metal, you know, some kind of metal pieces oh, metal studs in there. In there yeah, sure. oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he's doing one. that. Yeah, okay, I got so it, yeah, you know, the fro's nice, but what the real star of the show here is the Vincent Price mustache this year. Was, yeah, it was tasty. Yeah. It's combed, it's lethal, and it leads the mm. way. It's out there. It's like, <laughs> it's what you see. It's like there. Yeah, Bob is some kind of old blues guy with a Vincent Price mustache and a blast yeah. stetson. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so now you can picture him doing that. I got it. You can picture him ambling, ambling, through life in 2006 and being yep. inexplicably popular and relevant somehow. <laughs> okay, that happens. I don't know. Well, so, so in 1997 he releases Time Out of Mind. He's right, back. Right. Uh, Everyone, in 2001 yeah. he receives Love and Theft, which is even more. People, con- people continue loving him. Yep. yep. Critically received, and then his next album. Is the one that comes out in two thousand and six, and we might as well just modern times. Is it modern talk times? About why? <sighs> yes, it is modern times. I was just wanting you to be proud of me for like knowing this <laughs> off the top of my head. But, like, you know that, even know that I do listen. We did. <laughs> we did tease it uh, at the very end of last. Oh, episode. we did. You're right. Yeah, right. that's right. Um, and Bob Dylan I, fans. I still, I still assume you're talking about the you know, nineteen. Oh. So there, Jake. Yeah, here I am. Oh, whoa. So for some reason, my window just closed itself. But it's back, so I'm good. uh, Artificial intelligence. All right, let's keep going. Are we still recording? I still assume you're talking about the 1936 Charlie Chaplin film. I am not. I'm also not talking about the... uh, There's a good beer company from San Diego called Modern Times. Yeah, Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Also not talking about that. No, I'm talking about the studio album by Bob Dylan called Modern Times, which, Chaz, Mm -hmm. was... For Bob, wildly popular, okay? Hey, so it opened you, at number one in the United States. Nice work. It sold almost 200,000 copies in its first week. And all, all... 200,000 copies more than any good album I've ever released. <laughs> exactly. So he's doing a little better than you, <laughs> at least in 2006. It's uh-huh. his first number one album since 1976. Uh, it went number one in Australia. It went number three in the UK because for some reason, whenever he's actually popular, the UK is like, yeah, no thanks. We'll <laughs> pass. We'll <laughs> pass. You know, all your 80s albums, What's number that? one with a bullet. This one? Nah. Why don't you do another Christian period or something? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, make another folk album! <laughs> uh, it opened at number one in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Ireland, Denmark, Norway and Switzerland. It went Ooh. it went platinum Those are some, in it went some good pl- countries right there. Joe. It went real pl- good countries. It went platinum in the United States. That's nice. a million copies. Platinum in the nice. UK. Gold in Australia and they don't even they too. don't even have 500,000 people in Australia, I'm pretty sure. So people were buying <laughs> it twice not really in kidding. Australia. That's that. <laughs> <not true. laughs> and it sold 4 million copies worldwide. This was like <laughs> a popular album. All right, um, so let's just talk about Modern Times a little bit before we get to, get to other things. My, my uh, experience with this album is I'm pretty sure I bought it at a Circuit City. But I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> for Imagine some reason, you're I think... you taking me back to 2006 right now. <laughs> exactly. Circuit City, big deal. They, kind of have, they had to have been dying in 2006, though. Yeah, but I, and I kind of remember the store being, like, empty and decrepit. Like, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> they were There's, having... There was nothing there except for a single copy of Modern <laughs> The creepy guy behind the counter... Stared at you and knew all your life details. Yeah, exactly. He's like and ended up not charging you for some reason. And then he's like, "You want to buy a digital camera instead?" Like, and you looked to see no. he was pointing. And when you turned back, he was gone. <laughs> and he took my copy of Modern Times. Yeah, that was Circuit City in two thousand six. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's just get to the controversy corner. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you one guess as to why people um, had a circuit problem. city was defunct as of two thousand nine. So probably yeah, we're about right here. And I guess it was out here in in Portland. Although I don't know, I don't remember them having circuit cities in Portland. Was I was I? I might have been home in two thousand six in Wisconsin or something. And I know they had a couple in Minneapolis. But anywho, uh, so you didn't you didn't answer my question though. What, why do you think people had a controversy surrounding this album in two thousand six? What were people What were people? What did people have their underwear in a twist about? In two thousand six, let me see. Mm-hmm. It's a Bob Dylan album. Were there dead Beatles on the cover? No, 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 nope. No, no, nope. We don't think uh, so. Either. Did he still not return to his? Oh, I bet he wasn't protesting. No, no, it wasn't that. Oh, that feels like it'd be a good one in 2016. No. Still wasn't protesting. No, it wasn't that. That's that's every, every other Iraq year. Iraq War and everything, you know? Yeah. W. No. Bush still on board? Yeah, things were pretty good, you know? I don't know, then. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you why, Chaz. It's because that there is a liberal use of choruses, arrangements, and lyrics that he didn't give anybody else credit for. Oh, okay. Ah. That, that's like... <laughs> that's just a... That's like... I don't know. That's the default answer. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the album. Why is are a- people mad at, Bo- at Bob? It's because he didn't give credit to someone. I feel like we should have like a. We should have some sort of like wheel that we spin. Like, why are people <laughs> mad at Bob? Bling. <laughs> oh. Not playing folk music. Not playing <laughs> protest music. Yeah. Right. Taking other people's uh, themes and ideas and not giving them credit. That's right, it. and saying that he wrote the song. Um, so mm-hmm. it is very much in the same vein as Love and Theft, the 2001 album. So we're mm-hmm. talking uh, we're talking blues, we're talking jazz, traditional yep. ballads, um, and he, he definitely quotes some of these old blues and ballads uh, pretty liberally. And um, as always, my personal take on this is that I think that he's kind of like a genius at uh, all of the incoming music and information that he that he gets all the time, and kind of like swirling it around inside himself, and then spinning it out in like kind of a new way yeah so adding adding his own uh you know it's the folk tradition so adding his own like, like that, that description feels like a good one for bowie though too Interesting. yeah i think it would be for a lot of people musicians yeah. and especially in the tradition that bob is in which is yeah you know blues folk music like all these melodies have been used before anyway um mm-hmm. and and uh so i don't know why people get so mad at him for it except that they probably think that some of his arrangements were too close to the old arrangements to say yeah. that he wrote the song. Sure. I mean, that's more what it is. If he's like, no one cares if he's doing it so long as he is saying, you know, let's give him credit to somebody else. On yeah. And, and, and sometimes he's he sharing credit or something. I some, mean, yeah. We're saying this is a traditional song. Like, uh, yeah. 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 you know, one of the song is uh, the Levy's going to break one of the songs on modern times. And that's a really old song. Um, of course, it doesn't sound the same at that and it doesn't have the exact same lyrics, but that's that's the source material for that Led Zeppelin song when the levy when the levee breaks. so yeah you know and there's a lot of muddy waters all over this thing. Um, <clears throat> he's also quotes the 19th century poet Henry Timrod. do you know him? Henry. I mean as I mean, I barely go a day without quoting him, you know. Well, I mean, I, mean, I know that you knew him ugh. personally because you're two hundred. You're two hundred <laughs> years old, but other than that, well, Jake, spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry, Chaz. Uh, saving that, we're saving that nugget for the last episode. Uh, you know, like Bob Dylan, Chaz will never die. He's going to just be around <laughs> nope. forever. Impossible. Uh, he quotes. He quotes very um, specifically the first century poet Ovid. So hey, yes, he's, I have you know. read Ovid. I have I've read Ovid's Metamorphoses. They were He, in he went uh, way back on that one to the first yeah, is, century. That's way back. That's way. That's Roman. Yeah, isn't Ovid one of those guys that might be a collection of people or something? Like maybe not one guy. Or, oh, and yeah, maybe. They say I don't know about. much about you know what he's supposed to be. I I read it somewhere years ago and that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, and so you know, like the album, he was kind he kind of had one foot in the old country and one foot in the new. And one foot in the gray. Oh, well, no, we thought so, but I don't, I don't think so. But <laughs> he just came back. <laughs> he might again be. very recently when he announced he was coming out with a new album. Yeah. Hello, oh, let's take a let's take a quick little break. Uh, wanna do, the, do you want to take a detour now, or do you want to save it for later? Let's do the detour now. Okay. Okay. So um, modern, you know, modern life. Not to. Uh, uh, modern times, not to. It's being mid-May the May as we as we record this baby. Yeah, so Bob in Dylan mid-May 2020. Bob Dylan has been releasing singles, surprise singles, of his first new music in eight years. And one Including of them, one, What? That's 17 minutes long. Yeah, about mur- Murder yeah. Most Foul, and then he and uh, he released a couple more that were kind of in that style. It's kind of like a talking dirgy. Almost minimalist kind of a thing that he's doing. Yeah. It doesn't sound like stuff that he's really done before. I mean, it's certainly people. S- people seem to like it. What do you think? J- I haven't listened to any of them. What do you oh, think? Oh, they're it? they're great. I like okay. them very much, which okay. makes me excited because That's what he's, I say I feel like I, what I've heard about is that they're really good. It's they cool. are really good. What I would most foul. This to be really good. I recommend listening to the murder most foul and uh, paying mm-hmm. attention to it. I don't know if I have 17 minutes to spare, Jake. <laughs> None of us do. Maybe anything. three. I'll try one of the other ones. None of us do. And so he's going to release an album in June called Rough and Rowdy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Chaz, can you describe the font on the cover of Rough and Rowdy? Uh, I, and some of you might remember that I was an art major, an art education major in college, yep. and uh, I had to take a graphic design class at one point, and it looked like the first project that we all made in Graphics design <laughs> class in 2003 <laughs> or three or four that's what it looks like <laughs> my theory is that bob has had or columbia records i guess has had an intern um he started out <laughs> i don't know what year maybe 2000 2008 let's say and the intern has is so crappy at his job that he never gets Definitely elevated working about all the bootleg intern. series yeah for sure oh yeah. they got they got some professional for the uh the vinyl version of triple kit at the very least that oh, thing was beautiful wanky. beautiful very <laughs> swanky the intern was they hired sick. somebody out of on that one <laughs> the intern was sick that day <laughs> he or she could not the, make it the intern asked their girl it was just girlfriend to do it for him. yeah <laughs> and she's actually good at graphic design <laughs> she's actually good yeah <laughs> it's incredible uh, yeah the theory is that he's so bad that he can't actually get a job there he's just remaining an eternal unpaid intern and doing all the album covers <laughs> the, the font just looks like it's a it's b- awful it's just it's a terrible. bad digital font I don't understand it whatsoever mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's coming out with that, but then, um, sad, sad noises, uh, Bob had to cancel his tour like so many other right. musicians this year, and I was going to go, so, I didn't have tickets yet. Well, you were going to go. I didn't well, go. I didn't have tickets yet, but I was going to take my buddy Colin, and we were going to go on a mandate and go see Bob Dylan, uh, wheeze his way through two hours of music. <laughs> and I was going to love every second of it, and I'm, so, I'm really Jake, bummed. I'm bummed. I mean, let's let's get down to brass tacks here. Yeah. Is the never-ending tour ending? No, of course not. But it's not I mean, has he played any dates in twenty twenty yet? No. But it's just so what this happens is, if he doesn't play any dates in twenty twenty? It's a forced hiatus. He can't he he, he had a world tour scheduled. <laughs> or oh, maybe it's not. not a a stop. World. It's just it's just a pause is what you're saying. It's just Jake. a pause. It's still never ending. He would be playing those shows if he could. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Well I mean what what do you want here, Chaz? You're arguing semantics. You look you look upset. <laughs> you look upset. What's going on? just—I was just worried that it was ending. I okay. don't want it to end. No, it's not going to end. Never want it to end. It's not going to end. end. Well, Bob's not going to die, so it doesn't matter. He'll he be, <laughs> be back. He'll be back. He'll outlive this stinky virus for sure. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get back down to let's get back down to two thousand six. Get back in the time machine. Uh, let's go back. Okay, We're back. So back. I think it. I think I've explained Modern Times. He released uh, two, no, three singles from it. Two with. Two of the videos. One of the videos is very interesting, but I will explain that when we get to the points. Um, uh, 2006 was... Ooh, do you think it's the heyday of iTunes? Is 2006 the absolute pinnacle of iTunes? Think about it. No. No? No, because I, I think it kept expanding until streaming really became a thing. Yeah, so when did streaming really, like, Spotify... No, don't know. I'll look it up while you're okay. talking. Anyway, um, so what, I'm, what I'm about to talk about oh. is a very iTunes experience um, from 2006. Well, okay. Spotify actually started in 2006. Yeah, but it wasn't popular for what? Oh, it wasn't launched. Wait, it wasn't launched in 2008? What was it doing before then? I don't know. Languishing. (laughs) It was founded in 2006. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was probably just, like, getting money from people. Yeah, exactly. Actually launched in 2008. They had to take two years to skirt copyright law for a while. I'm going to say iTunes was still expanding then. Because they didn't start until, like, 2003 or 4 or something okay. like that. Okay. I remember they had this, this, uh, it's going back to my my college years are all over this episode apparently. Yeah, well, it's 2006. But, uh, they had free, it was under like Pepsi or Coke, bottle, I think it was Coke. hmm. You mm-hmm. got to get a free, uh, free downloads from iTunes. Totally. Win them. And I had a friend who drank a Diet Coke. Every single day, My name's Naomi. Naomi, if you are listening, I am talking about you. Naomi, uh, uh, she yeah, drink like two or three diet cokes every single day. That's and disgusting. She had no interest in this, knew that I did, so she'd give me all of her free oh sweet. caps, which was awesome. <laughs> so I like just instantly, you know, amassed of. I mean, I must have gotten like sixty of them in a semester or something from her. It was great anyway I don't know where I was going with this but that was when they were scary <laughs> they, they got bigger before you know it was streaming that was really like that knocked them out a little bit you know yeah yeah well uh, okay so uh, so Bob Dylan while Columbia Records released something called Bob Dylan semicolon The Collection this was all of his studio albums and all of the bootleg series up to that point plus a 42 track bonus compilation of non-album tracks uh, 763 songs Plus, Ooh. an extremely 2006 100-page digital booklet. Mm. <laughs> so uh, digital. okay. So what do you think, Chaz? That the sticker price on this digital collection of music—again, not a not a, uh, a a physical product whatsoever. How much do you think they charge for that? exceed some songs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and like this every, included all the bootleg series up to this point too. So like. Pretty much everything is ever released. There are probably yeah. some were some weird soundtrack, you know, yeah. things that make it yeah. out of there, collaborations and stuff. Traveling Willberries isn't in there, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. everything like there's exactly. on there. Yeah. Pretty much everything. Um, I'm gonna go with five C's. Five hundred dollars. Wow, you would have paid way too much. <laughs> oh. We're talking a cool one ninety-nine ninety nine. 1999? That's a steal, $199? baby. 0.99999. Man, we should do an infomercial. The BVD Studios, that's going to be our next product, is okay. an infomercial for this. <laughs> this digital product in 2006. <laughs> thousand will make it look like it's 2006 in the video. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to need a lot of movie. donations on this one. We're going to have to head to GoFundMe again to again. not get around to doing this project. So many right. things to GoFundMe But it would right be now. so awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any other going concerns in the world that GoFundMe would be good for. <laughs> I think we should do it. Mm. So there's a lot what of money they out there do with their money right now for important yeah. projects such as this. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, I don't even know what we're talking about right now. They <laughs> are right. making a an infomercial style. You know, I can see like, and there'll be a section at the end where they include such hits as this yeah. and this <laughs> right. and this. Plus, the that section will go for like three hours. <laughs> Seven hundred sixty-three songs later. <laughs> Like a Rolling Stone, like a Rolling Stone again, <laughs> like a Rolling Stone one more time. Twenty-seven versions of Like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> the bass part from Like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> Order today. <laughs> it's not, it's not it's even two hundred dollars. We promise. Just spit a little beer on myself there. Ah, uh, you're getting excited. Me, stop, being, stop being funny. Don't be funny anymore. You're I'm getting excited funny. about it. All right, let's talk I'm about. The, I want to buy it. Let's talk, night the, night.
1: Uh, let's talk about the.
0: Let's talk about the never-ending tour after you buy. Hey. After you buy the collection from Bob Dylan, no problem. Right.
1: That uh, was, I don't,
0: that. I don't have a lot on this. This is a very like normal, this is a very normal NET. We got, uh, we got 99 concerts in total, 79 in North America, 20 in Europe. Mm. And, um, <laughs> the only thing interesting about it, I, I watched, as usual, I watched a couple performances online. Sounds fine. You know, it just like, sometimes it's just like, Hey, there's Bob, you know? He's just hey, – he looks like Vincent Price he and oh, he's playing a concert. He's doing stuff. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny. Um, Any anyway, – I don't know why it's funny. Uh, he also calls this his best band. This is supposedly his best band ever during this According tour. to him, when? 2006. Like the band that uh, – the band that no, – kn- No, no, no. Like, oh. When did he say this? In 2006. <laughs> yeah. All right, that – Okay, you had to put an asterisk after that statement, then Jake. And I want there. I want there. In two thousand six, I feel like there's a feud between him and Charlie Sexton somehow because Ooh. Charlie Sexton's not in this band, but he's in so many other touring bands and on so many other albums. But this was during oh, Charlie some Sexton, hiatus. what we call him sometimes because call- <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> Chaz, just get it out of the gutter, please. please. <laughs> what? No. Huh? really Sexy. Oh, Charlie Sexy? Might have been talking about myself right. Yeah, there. I was gonna say. Are you? You're staring <laughs> at yourself in the FaceTime right now, aren't you? <laughs> Ooh, hey, what you doing? did <laughs> I buy you another drink? Oh <laughs> wait, I already did. Because this is my uh, beer. It's, it's a tall boy. It's a tall boy. Yeah, oh, well, you better get another tall boy. Yeah, yeah. tall boy. Marcel <laughs> Ale from mm. uh, Insight Brewery, local to the Twin Cities, and really good. I'm just thank drink- you, Insight. Thanks, Insight. Uh, you have some real good insight on Insight. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm just drinking whiskey, just straight. Straight that's, whiskey. That's how it's going for me. <laughs> straight <laughs> so whiskey. That's how my morning. All right, Chaz, I'm going to mention. Uh, I'm going to mention something right now and explain yeah. it a little bit. But you and I'm I, gonna I are- listen. To you mention it. Go. Okay, you and I are going to d- discuss this in points, and we're going to do it mm-hmm. in real time mm-hmm. because you never answered me. About um, about it on our text thread. So, Bob Dylan started. Oh, oh, oh I, I yeah, have an answer for you. Yep, I You have an it. answer. Okay, well, yep, save, save you your answer. It. I forgot to tell you. All right, I'll, Actually, I'll... I did it this morning, but it was still too early your time for me to reply to you. I didn't want to, like, actually wake you up with a text message. Yeah, I, I was know. honestly thinking about you. Oh. Because it was, nice. like, 7 o'clock this morning, and, like, it's 5 o'clock, and... Yeah, Um, well, I don't. I don't 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 want to like wake you up, make you think that there's an emergency or text or something, and get you out of bed. And then I I forgot about it for several hours after that. was like, guess what? Guess what? You have to hear this. You just have to, man. You just have to hear (laughs) this. There's a there's a terrible emergency. I, I'm talking about the podcast again. Yeah. See. Yeah, I guess I would have about you, Jake. And then I forgot for a while. I guess I would have been disappointed and or extremely angry if I had answered that phone. All right, Uh, Bob Dylan participated and hosted a radio show called the Theme Time Radio mm-hmm. Hour. Uh, he helped produce it. Um, this ran from May 2006 to April 2009. It aired weekly on the XM Satellite Radio Station. Now, uh, just to kind of separate this from other radio stations that were coming out at the time, it was not about his music. It was not, like, just the Bob Dylan station on XM Satellite Radio. He Which is... Which is where my confusion came with right. Bowie, by the way. Right. I looked into this whole situation, because we were talking about whether or not this should be worth points. Yeah. And Bowie was not on Sirius; He was on XM, which, of course, later became, like, they, they merged or Yeah, or right, exactly. They're the same thing now. And Bowie actually did a commercial for XM. But, yes, he just had, like, a dead Bowie channel that right. was a bunch of music. But he didn't actually do it. Right. And I'm sure. the commercial suggests that he is actually hosting it, but he didn't. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but, but, no, that was a lie. As far as I can tell. That was a dirty lie. I know. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Bob Dylan might have a Bob Dylan station on XM Satellite Radio. Uh, probably. That would, that would pr- probably be a pretty good station. But no, this just was just relaunched, by the way, on so uh, you know. Serious XM Radio because <laughs> they're they're one thing now. <laughs> I think this was just XM back in the day. XM Satellite Radio is what I wrote down. I could be wrong. But your Bowie was whatever the other. Maybe it was Sirius. Serious. It was, he was the other one. Whatever. He was not the same one as Dylan. Well, that makes sense because they, the they never never did anything together ever. Verses. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Bob Dylan uh, curated this and picked all the songs. Um, it was. A, it ended up being hundred episodes on the dot. Um, there is a controversial hundred and first episode that came out at some point, but I mm, just got yeah, I, I guess got that. I got too tired <laughs> to like be like, what is this? Doesn't matter. <laughs> and Jake, we uh, you know that you listen to all one hundred one episodes, right? Um, I've listened to a number of them. Not not all 100, but it is... 101 a, of them. It's a very fun listen. I, I actually recommend that you go and listen to them. Bob Dylan hosts a radio show, and he curates all the music, and he plays them. And it's a it's a mixture of blues, rockability, R&B, soul, bebop, and even some hip-hop. And each episode is centered on a theme. Yeah, so I read like, that Cool J was on. He is. Uh, <laughs> it was on the Mother's episode, and it was Mama Said Knock You Out. It clo- It closed the show. So awesome. Never, never say that Dylan does not have a sense of humor because that's funny. That is funny. That's funny. Um, and he'd also do like, uh, he would read emails on, on air. Um, some of them were fake and some of them were Which real. Which proves that, that Dylan knows what an email is. So yeah. So for him. Well, maybe uh-huh. his producer just handed him pieces of paper. Who knows? <laughs> that's <laughs> possible. He's like, what's this? <laughs> uh, it's yeah. just words, Bob. Just read the words on the thing. Um, he also did like fake uh, like little interludes where he would read uh, old timey uh, like advertisements and such. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the music is is older. It's a, you know twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. But it's a really fun listen. I actually you know like I said, go go and do it. Um, so we'll talk more about that in the points because he did it for three years, three full years, uh, 101 episodes. And so Chaz and I are gonna um, have a fist fight, a digital fist fight, mm-hmm. over what we should do about that when comes times for the points. The last thing I'm going to talk to I think, Jake, go, go I'm ready. I'm ready to grant him up to one point, depending on the quality <laughs> of you. So that's I'm what talking. I was thinking. That's so what I was honestly thinking. All right. Yeah, he'll, he'll, take, he'll take your one point. I was, okay. thinking, I was thinking two, but it can't... It's hard for me to tell... I should have hard because it's, it's stretched across multiple years I know I he like, should have been getting yeah. points for it yeah, he in the gotten other like, years he should have gotten points in the other years which we didn't do whatever I'm Doesn't sure he won in 2007 no. and 2008 anyway I would imagine because it was, imagine, it was the on, on the day of kitchen yeah, so. yeah, and uh, Bob's career was really was really smoking at this point yeah. clearly yeah. alright so fine one point I still want to have a fist fight with you but I don't know why yeah, it's cool maybe it's just I'm your good. face yeah make sure you wear a mask <laughs> that's right we can't wrestle right now it's not cool um, okay, let's do one last thing before we throw it over to points, um, for which you probably don't have very many. But that doesn't—that's fine. Well, there's a couple, James. Okay, cool, okay, hey, cool. Whoa, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa, Slow down. Man. Hold on, everybody. Everybody, chill out. Um, Bob was, um, as I said, inexplicably popular, and therefore he cannot—he cannot be in the public consciousness without giving a bat crap interview at some point. <laughs> Which he did. Oh yeah. Now I'm looking I, forward to this. I, I will say this is one of his most. You know, you can you can understand what he's saying. Um, and is he maybe hear it. Maybe I'm just inoculated of this kind of thing. But I I always end up taking Bob's side in these weird interviews. Now I I'm a, I apologize. It's probably oh, not the right you thing. You should today. not sometimes, Jake. I know I shouldn't. It's clear. I know I shouldn't. And um and and this one is this one's pretty. Pretty crazy, and I'll I'll do some I'll do some B V D theater here in a minute. But oh, I got a DVD theater segment later on. Oh, too, sweet then. man, sweet. good episode, yep. Good yep. App, excellent, good app, good app, good app. <laughs> <laughs> Applaud ourselves. <laughs> 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 we haven't uh, even done it yet. <laughs> all right. So the main the main thing during this interview, which I believe was in Rolling Stone, was that he uh, actually Jonathan Lethem. He's a novelist. Do you know that name? pretty popular player. I don't know anyway um, also a Bob Dylan fanboy just like every other literary figure the last <laughs> 60 years <laughs> uh-huh. um, he uh, he interviewed him and, and the overarching kind of theme of the interview is that Bob is like a craggy old man basically so he said <laughs> all all the uh, think how much more craggy and old he is now oh he's so much craggier and older now <laughs> 14 years worth of hard living. We should get an interview. We do an interview for BP. Bob, we know you're listening. I will be glad to be the stoolie that gives you an interview that you just run all over me and crap on me and just hurt my feelings. I, I please. Please do it. <laughs> uh, Bob, um, why don't you or we, we Why don't you, you play uh, Why don't you play any protest music anymore, Bob? <laughs> Oh Bob I'm gonna write all the questions for this interview. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be a disaster of epic proportions. And I can't wait. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. Bob was blood on the tracks really about your divorce. (laughs) 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 Anyway, he um in this interview he uh he he poops all over modern recording techniques. He said it all sounds crappy. You know he can't believe it, but then of course this was his modern Modern Times was his first album that he ever recorded on Pro Tools, so he <laughs> okay, he, so <laughs> you know <laughs> he he talked the talk, but he didn't really walk the walk on that one. Um, on the suggestion mm-hmm. that uh, Modern Times was a trilogy, this was a big talk at the time. It was his Mm. third album in a row, um, you know, obviously. That was good, so that's cool. Right. Within 10 years of Time Out of Mind and Love and Theft, um, Mm -hmm. you know, my personal feeling is that Time Out of Mind exists in its own universe. It doesn't sound like other albums. Um, If you wanted to get technical, you know, you could say like Love and Theft, Modern Times, um, and then maybe Tempest in 2012 complete some sort of. You know, trilogy or whatever. They're similar in mm-hmm. style. Um, what about Christmas in the Heart? Where does that rank in your uh, ranks? That ranks in the. Asking tri- for a friend. <laughs> That's in the trilogy of Christmas albums that there's only one of right now. <laughs> oh, can we only just dream that, that uh, Jelly will release two more Christmas albums before? three? <laughs> oh, well, speaking of things that he's never going to do, in this interview he references how hard he's working on Chronicles Volume 2, which <laughs> oh, never <yeah>. materialized. <laughs> Which I don't want to read, but I do want to hear you talk about it. So. <laughs> well, there's nothing to talk about. It doesn't exist. He wasn't working on that. Everyone stop. <laughs> all right. So he says about the, this trilogy notion, and this is kind of a good quote. He says, uh, time out of mind was me getting back in and fighting my way out of the corner. These are all boxing analogies, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah. But by the time I made Love and Theft, I was out of the corner. On this record, I ain't nowhere. You can't find me anywhere because I'm way gone from the corner. Okay. <laughs> Hey whoa. All yep. right. Uh Jonathan Lethem, you know, suggests, you know, make makes some mention of the past and, and about the 60s. And uh Bob was really I applaud him. He was really feeling himself. You can you can he was swaggering around a little bit. He goes um uh, goes you know, everybody makes a big deal about the 60s. But I mean, you're talking to the person who owns the 60s. Did I ever want to acquire the 60s? No. But I own the 60s. Who's going to argue with me? The Beatles. Yeah. But they're not I mean, nobody with the Beatles But the Beatles, can, but the Beatles can argue with them. They, they sure can. They, got, they, they can. They yeah. definitely own the 60s. Yeah. But that's okay. Yep. That's okay. Maybe <laughs> since the Bo- Beatles. Bo- Dylan was subletting the 60s. <laughs> yes. If he wanted to own them, maybe he could have. Maybe he could have. Roommates, maybe. At the, at the most. <laughs> roommates. Sure. There you go. Yeah. You know. Roommates. You know, guy, house. guy that lives it's in the, the closet. House. There's a room for all of them. That's a big closet. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. And then uh, the last thing that he says, and... Um, you know, try to try to save your gasps and oohs and ahs for the end. But this is a very interesting. <gasps> oh, you did it. it! You didn't. You couldn't <laughs> do couldn't, it. I couldn't save it. I couldn't do you couldn't, it. You didn't save it at all. All right. Um, he's talking about individual performers and um, how they kind of um, transcend, sort of. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he says, "I mean, who's the last individual performer that you can think of? Elton John, maybe." I'm talking about artists with the willpower not to conform to anybody's reality but their own. Patsy Cline and Billy uh, Billy Lee Riley, Plato and Socrates, Whitman and Emerson, Slim Harpo and Donald Trump. Oh. See? Stop it. It's a lost art form. I don't know who does it beside myself to tell you the truth. I always wanted to stop when I was on top. I didn't want to fade away. I didn't want to be a has been. I wanted to be somebody who'd never be forgotten. I feel that one way or another, it's okay now. I've done what I wanted for myself. End quote. Swagger, Hoping for a Bowie reference. Right Swagger. I know. It would have worked. It would have fit. You know. I would have been in there. Yeah, people that don't conform. But Donald right. Trump getting slipped in there sounds a little weird now. I mean, it does. But you know, I mean, he doesn't conform now either. I mean, you can you can say that honestly no. about it. That's for sure. <laughs> he does not conform. We could all agree on that without getting ourselves in any trouble at all. Let's we'll just yeah. leave it like that. Yep. Just leave <laughs> all right, it there. Chaz. I, you know, I feel like in one way or the other, I'm never going to be forgotten, and it's okay. I've done what I wanted for myself, and I'm going to throw it over to you for points. Let's uh, let's get Bob to run for president. What do you say? I don't think he'd have any interest in that. Well, I don't care. i would vote for him anyway. Yeah, I would too. I'd vote for him <laughs> right now. He's like 90 years old. Let's do it. Well, so is everybody running for playing. They're all white and they're ancient. They're all old and white, old white men. Bob is all those suits, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't be any worse. All right. Points. It's pointed out. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the movie and TV appearances. So, yes. uh his work is quite good across the board. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Boy, I was wondering. But let's talk about Arthur and the Invisibles. Okay. It's kind of a turd. <laughs> Whoops! In fact, I have a BVD award coming at you, Jake. Arthur and the Invisibles gets the BVD award for the worst Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh, really? The worst of any movie that Bowie was in. Twenty-two percent fresh. Daddy. That's a stinker. That's a stinker fresh. right there. That's rotten. I, again, I watched it a couple of years ago, and I don't remember it being as bad as that, but I remember it not being very good. And I can ask my kids what they think. I'm sure they love it, because it's a movie of any kind whatsoever. <laughs> There's moving pictures, and they're animated. <laughs> yes. uh-huh, the TV is on. They love it, whatever it is. <laughs> yes. So, Bowie was decent, though. He was solid, though, and I do remember that. He, is, he just really got really good at these different little character parts. and he's, sure. you know, he's the He's the main bad guy in it, and it works. Okay. Now, in spite of this movie being terrible, there were two sequels. What was he? Well, in Well, apparently, him? it did all right. It was a French film originally, even though oh. it's in English. And apparently, it did all right in Europe, but it stunk it up in uh, America. So the sequels were both uh, direct to direct to video, direct to DVD in America. But uh, probably because it was so terrible, the sequels featured not as many of the original voice actors. <laughs> <laughs> what? A lot of them, a lot of them left, but we included, <laughs> and they were replaced by. So there's Bye. a lot of these celebrities who were in this, and they just kind of left, and uh, they were replaced by like lesser celebrities. Okay. So Madonna was in the original. She okay. was replaced by Selena Gomez. Yeah. Uh huh. Jason Bateman was in the original. He was replaced by Iggy Pop. Let's going <laughs> really to go together. I don't know. <laughs> Poor Iggy. Come on. Jimmy Fallon was in it. He was replaced by just some random guy. Didn't know who he was. Yeah, Wimmy and Wellen. Bowie was in it. He was replaced by Lou Reed. What? Seriously? Did they have a fist? <laughs> is that when they had their fist fight? <laughs> I don't know. So this is this weird connection. Bowie, Iggy Pop, Lou what? Reed, involved with in the Arthur and the Invisibles. Trilogy. This terrible movie. Or these terrible movies, uh, along with Madonna and Selena Gomez. Oh, that's hilarious! And Jimmy That is a <laughs> and Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is in two of them. Oh, Snoop, of course! <laughs> come on. Ah, uh, yeah, and that uh, I forget that kid's name. He was the kid that was in like all of the kids. You know, you know, like cute child actors just get hot and they're in everything for like three years until they're not cute anymore. So it's it's not the kid from uh, The Sixth Sense, is it? No, no, that would be a good guess. No, it's the kid from uh, James and the Giant Peach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the English, English guy. The English kid. Yeah, he's English. He's yeah. just in everything for like three years, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then he was in Cutie Mars, and then he got chef. <laughs> oh, Robert De Niro was involved with it. Freddie Highmore is the kid's name, by the way. Freddie Highmore, sure. Freddie Highmore. What else is this kid in? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, there we go. Fighting oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiderwick Chronicles, all of this in, you know, like a three year period. Yeah. Yep. He's just he's swimming around in money from the mid two thousands. I'm looking at a picture of him as an adult and he's twenty eight now. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh Freddie. Oh okay. Freddie, why'd you have to age? It was all and going just, so well. I'm just confused. <laughs> okay. All right. Next up is Prestige. Yeah. Which is excellent. Excellent. He has a small role, but he's great in it. Oh wait, but yeah, did you give point heart. did you give points for the the terrible Just hold, hold movie. it, Jay. Just wait. Just oh, wait. I'm waiting? Okay. Wait. Fine. Uh, yeah, he has a smaller role in Prestige, but he's very notable and very excellent in it. Um, uh, apparently, Christopher Nolan really like envisioned him in this part. Christopher Nolan is the director. He's of that. good. He's real good in it. He's good. Well, Christopher Nolan's a good director. Well, and, yeah, uh, but Bowie's good in it. Bowie is good in it. He is. And I don't think Bowie was quite sure he was going to do it. I feel like I, I couldn't find this again, but I know I read this. I feel like it was years ago. Other than saying that, like the part was written for him, and then Boywood didn't want to do it at first, but he kind of felt bad because it was written for him, and so he looked into it a little bit more and decided to do it at the, of the last minute. So he's I don't like, know if "That's true." He's this is like, something I, I swear I read a few years ago. I couldn't find it again now, so it might just be my imagination. So, so yeah. he's like, for Arthur and the Invisibles, he's like, "Sign me up." But for the Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie, he's like, "Ah." ah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Christopher Nolan had that done very. This is only his yeah, third but movie, I Memento. Think. Memento, Memento, but was Memento, last first movie, classic, and really good. Yeah, it was really good. And and Batman Begins had come out by then, too. Oh, my gosh. Big. Well, yeah, so so yeah. kind of a big deal. All right, uh, and next up, is his uh, last movie and TV appearance was Extras. Bowie is absolutely hilarious in this. Yeah. Bowie good. does a few of these different, like, playing himself really comedically and hilarious roles. Uh, he does it in Zoolander. Yep. And he does it here, and this is the most notable one. And here's my BBD theater, Jake, is I'm going to sing you. You're going to do it? Ricky Gervais, wow. yep. Wow, excellent. I'm do my best on this here, okay? Ready <clears throat> with it? I'm ready. I'm, I think I'm ready. And so you got to imagine the piano part, because I don't have a piano here, and nor am I any good whatsoever at playing the piano. <laughs> nor can you play <clears throat> Little fat man who sold his soul. Little fat man who sold his dream. Pathetic little fat man. <laughs> no one's really laughing. The clown that no one laughs at. They all just wish he'd die. He's so depressed at being hated. Fatso takes his own life. He blows his stupid brains out. But the twat would probably miss. He sold his soul for a shot at fame. Catchphrase and wigs and the jokes are lame. He's got no style. He's got no grace. He's banal and facile. He's a fat waste of space. See his pug face. <laughs> Pug, 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 pug. <laughs> see his pug nose face. Pug, 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 pug. There you go. It kind of goes off of that. Uh, That's when everyone starts singing uh, along. Wow! With that. Go on. With that. There wow! You go. There you go, everybody. That's and it's pretty really funny. fun to think about. Bowie did write the tune for this. Okay. Um, but Ricky Gervais wrote the words. Yeah, that himself. sounds that sounds about <laughs> right. That sounds that sounds exactly right to me. <laughs> it's really hilarious. Bowie's really fabulous. Do yourself a favor. It's like Bowie's only in the episode for I don't know three or four minutes. Just look at the clip of David Bowie extras and watch it, and it's worth it. Okay, it's good. I think it's I've good. seen that actually. After you talk, after you talked about it in great detail last okay, it's, time. it's 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 <laughs> worth watching. Great. All right, so um, you know he doesn't. He has a tiny role in extras. Like I said, he's on for th- three or four minutes. Prestige. His role is really quite small. Also, he is a leading player in Earth and Invisibles, but it's just voice work. It's not you know. The combine, and all three, I'm giving it one point for all three of them together. Okay, all right. So point three three for every for each. Or point yeah, five for the good ones, and nothing for Arthur and in- the Invisibles. But again, he's he's good in it, though. That's the thing. Oh, I thought you, I thought it's you a, were a bad right movie, but he's good in it. Oh yeah, he elevates yeah. that animated film that was crappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be like eleven percent fresh Excellent. 11 Uh Bowie also had a single in... Wow. 2006, kind of. It was the Arnold Lane single that he did with David Kilmore. The Arnold Lane... Oh, yeah. It was released as a single by the two of them together. Um, so Arnold Lane is, you know, it's not even on their first album. It's just a single. It's just like a non-album single that came out before the first album, if I remember it correctly. pretty sure it's not on the first album. Uh... Decent, but not amazing. I know it's not like an amazing song. Like it's a, it's because it's the whole like psychedelic period. I I definitely like the Roger Waters period most, which most people do. Well, I'm obviously, a gigantic fan of the Syd period. I don't no, it. no, no, get no. me wrong. No, it's, come on, you know, it's pleasant, but you know, yeah, it's fun. Nothing, you know. nothing to write home about. You know, it's fun. Uh, so I'm giving zero points for the single. But All right, it's notable that he did. You know, sure, he 60, did stuff. Did yeah, he did. Okay. And that's it. So that's all. one point for Bowie. You <laughs> Take hey, me. Positive you will here. not be able to beat that with modern times. Uh, I don't think that I will. It's gonna get. It's gonna be close. Let's start with the Never Ending Tour. Um, that was ninety nine dates. He sounded fine. He's just he's kind of like mm-hmm. doing the thing, swaggering yeah. around. You know. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was popular. Um, so p- plus .5 for that. Up his mustache. Yep. Oh yeah, he's combing it. He's combing the mustache <laughs> on stage. Uh no. No, behind the scenes. Uh he needed it to look to look nice and fresh for the audience. Well, yeah. Uh, he let his stash do the talking, for sure. see you put in the effort. Yeah, no problem. No problem on that. All right, let's do um let's do the three sync. Sing- no, let's do theme time radio hour. We just already discussed it. Um, yeah. so for the trouble of of doing a, a you know 100 episodes, he gets he gets plus 1 for his work on this in 2006. Way to go, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so he had an album. It was called Modern Times. Not sure if I said the name of it already. Mm. Uh, so this is a really good album. Um, I like it a lot. I liked it at the time. I think at the time I was a little put off, you know, slightly put off. It's a it's a really clean sound. It's like very, um, it's not like in a vacuum or anything. It's not like super digital sounding. It's just like Love and Theft <laughs> sounds a little bit more um, like... It was recorded in the time period that the music suggests that that it was and modern times definitely sounds cleaner it's very yeah um it's you know it's kind of shiny a little bit um the sound the songs though sound very old and it is a great it's a great collection of of songs um the the critical admiration for this album at the time was such that people got like sick of it there was like a backlash to how superfluous everyone was being a lot of critics like love this one like they said it was definitely his best out better than Time Out of Mind better than Love and Theft Um, better than Blonde on Blonde yeah, better than Blonde on Blonde you know better than the Freewheel and Bob Dylan better than all of them put together Put together, this put them all it. together. They're junk compared to modern times. The modern times. Um, it did cause, you know, a one month later. Yeah, I was gonna like it. Yeah, it's fine. It on the file. Yeah, we'll we'll We're see. Good. We'll see yeah. about what happens when the bootleg series comes out about it. You know, then we'll then we'll. <laughs> you know. Um it kind of had a little bit of a groundswell. I mean, obviously, like it debuted at number one. Um, oh, one Ooh. one more thing. Uh, Bob Dylan is at was at the time, and maybe still the oldest living person ever. To debut at number one on the Billboard charts, so way to go! Uh, well, I mean, at the very least, Bowie did it uh, with Blackstar. Yeah, I don't know if he was older than Bob at the time. Guess he must have been. He right? had Yeah, no, ten no, years later, know. maybe not. I probably. <laughs> no, no, been he might have Anyway, up. it was the record at the time. Okay. Um And so you know, it's very it's very nice to put on. I like putting it on. Um, there's some there's some bangers on here for sure. Um, some really good ballads. So I give it a plus 2.0. Really like that album, boy would have, boy would have been older. Okay, by like a year, because <laughs> they're six, they're six years apart, and the the years that this happened. happened. Although no Bowie Bowie it was in the it, well, you would have been quite older. I was thinking about next day for a second there. This would have been significant. This is ten years afterwards. Yeah, ten years. Bowie would have been four years older. All right, way to go, Bowie. Way to go. Uh, There were three singles from modern times. One was called Someday Baby. Someday baby, you ain't gonna worry for me anymore. (laughs) Uh, Great song. It's kind of a blues rocker. Uh, It it gets blown away by a version that was on the Bootleg series from 2008. Um, uh, What's that one called? Telltale Signs. It's a live version, and he's so, like, growly and violent and, like, Awesome about it. I think you described an uh-huh. album recently in one of our episodes as being nasty. Like this is. A, yeah, I did. It was. I was talking about. Uh, what was I talking about? Yeah. Oh, scary monsters. That was just last episode. And his is li- comparing it to the wall. Yeah, exactly. And so you use the word nasty, which I will use now to describe the live version of Sunday Baby, which is just yeah. like he's just he's he's awesome in it. And so now looking back, the uh, the album version pales a little bit in comparison, but it's still a great song. So I give it a plus point five. Um, he followed that with two singles that have videos, and I'll talk about the uninteresting video first. It's a song called "Thunder on the Mountain." Um, "Thunder on the Mountain" opens the album. Um, it's a good, it's a good first uh, album opener. Um, but it, the video is archival footage, which just like there's been so many of these things, it's just like it's footage of him in '64 and '66 and '75, like all of the kind of tired, you know, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan tropes you know kind of all in one thing i don't know why they have to keep doing this but they did nonetheless the song is very good so i give that a plus plus point five as well and his last single was called when the deal goes down and he slows it down for this one this is a nice little (laughs) ballad it sounds like you should be sitting on the the porch in you know in some one of these southern states we'll just call it louisiana you're just sipping on a sweet tea Looking out sure. at Sure, sure. Looking out at the mint, cotton fields. Mint julep, perhaps. Yeah, let's have a mint julep and watch some horse racing and listen to When the Deal Goes Down. Uh, the interesting <laughs> part about it is the video, which was directed by Bennett Miller, who I think is a I think he's a, a movie director of some note now, or maybe I don't know at the time. Anyway, it features uh, Scarlett Johansson in faux archival footage. They filmed her, like, in old cars or in old houses um, from the 40s and 50s. <clears throat> kind of like a look back at... i like at... to let the audience know that she is also in The Prestige. Exactly. <laughs> so... Right. So we're Louisiana having... with Bowie Oh, and, and I haven't even said the thing. Don't, don't let me forget about Alicia Keys, please. i got to okay. talk about oh, yeah. this first. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, anyway, Chaz, I just want to ask you, and you can be as honest as, as you want to be. Have you ever had a crush on Scarlett Johansson? Heck yes. I yes, did. you have. When was it? I, I, I uh, want to uh, say Ghost World. Well, Ghost World. I, I mean, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite all-time movies. Yeah. She was in that. I had a, like, a multi-year crush. That was a little bigger one. Sure. That was a bigger celebrity crush for a while. It was maybe like a two or three-year one. It was a yeah. big one. Yeah, because she ended up yeah. making like okay albums and everything. Well, yeah, I mean, and her album is good. Yeah, she's got a couple Bo-we's albums. On, so. on that, too. We got does, the one yeah, with... He does backing vocals on um, two songs on that one. We got the one with Pete Yorn, and that one's pretty good, too. Oh yeah, I don't know that one. Anyway, um, go ahead if you want to revisit your crush with Scarlett Johansson. Go ahead and watch <laughs> uh, the video for when the deal goes down. It's very poignant. Um, she has, you know, uh, it's kind of like watching somebody's life um, unfold, but it's Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> yeah. and she's in it. Okay. So anyway, right. it's a nice little combination. The whole thing works for me. I give it a plus one point zero. That song hey, plus good, the video. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's everything for points. He wouldn't get points for the Bob Dylan collection. <laughs> That's just <laughs> no that's, previous that's okay. released. Uh, a no stuff. frills reissue. Yeah, a no frills reissue. Any, and no point for uh, delivery on that one either. For what about the what about the hundred page digital booklet? Does that interest you at all? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it does. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about this digital booklet. All right, I will give the points, and then I'll talk about Alicia Keys. It is uh, the whole thing ends up being a five point five, a plus five point five point five. 5.5. 5. That is slightly more than one. Um, the story about Alicia Keys is that Bob Dylan name checks her twice in the first, like, 15 seconds of this album. He, he talks puts, about Alicia Keys in puts, the puts album? He puts Alicia Keys in the first verse of the song Thunder on the Mountain. What on earth is he, talk, is he saying about Alicia Keys? So, oh, man, I wish I had it. Oh, it's a bummer. I wish I had it written down. I should have written it down. Um, he, he... He's doing an old lyric verse from an older song, like an old blues song. But he puts, okay. he puts her name in it um, instead of like Ma Rainey or something like that. And he kind of like, it's kind of this old new thing that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he explains and I think it's the same interview we talked about, he explains that he was just watching TV and like Alicia Keys was on the TV. Now I'm imagining that it was that performance with David Bowie that he saw. Well, we can only assume we can only we can only imagine in spite of the fact that it was in late 2006 and doesn't matter an album. that doesn't matter time is not a thing in this discussion <laughs> Now, when it comes to Bob Dylan <laughs> exactly. you can travel through time. Yeah, well yeah obviously uh, and so anyway he just of all of the like pop stars and whatever else he could have done he just he inserted her name into this thing and it's like I'm wondering what Alicia Keys where's Alicia Keys what's she doing right now where you know is she in her house in New Orleans or something like that? It's. I'm wondering the exact same thing. that least know, it's, it's, now, it's kind of like uh, on on his 2009 album. He he repeats the phrase "It's all good" like over and over again, but he makes it sound like an old yeah. song. But it's a new saying. It's got. It's one of these things that he does where he he kind of smushes time together, like yeah. he inserts people into this whole continuum of music, which is something he's pretty good at. So, I mean, like I said, Bob just had. He had it going on this year. He could just, just picture him in like a, you know, like an old timey suit, just with the Vincent Price mustache, just swaggering I'm doing it I'm around, it. I'm just swaggering it. around. Yeah, way That's to go, Bob. Hurt. Way to go, Bob. Hey, Chaz, why don't you tell everybody what we're doing next time? Hey, we're doing, we're going blasting, blowing up one more Ziggy Stardust <sighs> related uh, year with 1973. Oh yeah, interesting yeah, year for uh, Bob, but not down. particularly great. It's a slam dunk for Bowie. Oh he, sure, he destroys the year. He owns the entire thing. Yeah, first to last. Start and, to finish. And uh, he does what he wants with it. And What he wants is what we want, so it works out. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good year. Good good, year. Okay, okay, right, yeah, I, I understand. Good year that. For Dave. Great, great, great. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, buddy. I'm Charlie. Now. I'm Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. Hi. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.